I'd like to read the entire chapter here. James chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. But let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich, in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift every per and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Therefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted words which is able to save your souls. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain." Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. This morning I'd like to have entitled my meditation, The Perfect Work of Patience. How many of you encounter a stoplight or a red light on the way to church this morning? Any of you? Okay, just a couple. Uh, there's only one stoplight that I'm aware of in Dodge County, and that's not between our place and church. Uh, did you hit the stoplight red this morning? Was it red or green? Or don't you remember? <laughs> um, it's suggested that someone has studied and come to an average. Now, again, an average is simply an average. They said, they suggested that in their studying, and it would make a difference where you live, of course, and we're probably on the average on the other spectrum, but they said an average person in his lifetime spends six months waiting at a red light, stoplight. 
uh, we're probably not that long, so don't get too frustrated by that. Would you want to guess how long the average wait is at a stoplight? Someone calculated that out. Anybody? How many? 35 okay. Thirty. Okay. They 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 pegged it anywhere from 45 to 60 seconds. Uh, again, I'm sure there's a variation there, but you know our carnal nature <laughs> probably uh, extends it uh, likely. We think about patients. We think about waiting. That's another word that we we tie together with patients. Waiting. Uh, you know, we have checkout lines at the store, and uh, uh, someone had done a, a study. They they observed people walking through the checkout line and observed how long they waited. And after they were through, they asked them they how long they thought they waited. And by and large, people oh by fifty percent overestimated the time amount of time they waited. Uh, tell something about our carnality, probably our, our natural makeup. We we we're an instant generation. We want it now. Uh, you know, I had to think about waiting. I had to think about different cultures and different times. We wait for different things. Uh, probably our our life. Uh, can we improve on waiting? Uh, you know, we probably all had our experiences of being behind the checkout line. You know, they've been tried to improve it with self checkout. And, you know, maybe that helps. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, we've been behind people in the checkout line, and in particular, just pick one item at, at a time up and lay it on the counter, and, and then they fumble through their wallet for uh, the right amount or denominations of currency or a specific check, uh, credit card. And then when the slip is printed out, they stand there and they study it and look at it carefully, and they question some of the charges, and, uh, and uh, you know, while we're waiting. It's our time. Can we improve our lives by waiting? Patience. Is that what we're talking about this morning? James here talks about patience. One of the things that I have appreciated, I, this is a practical application, the open road tolling uh, between here and the East Coast. Uh, probably one of the best things. Uh, is Am I the better of it for it? I don't know. But uh, I like zipping through Chicago Northwest Tollway without getting tied up with lines. Uh, again, that's our technology that has done that. Looking at our, our text verse here in James chapter 1, verse 4. Now, this verse just hit me this morning. Well, not this morning, but this week as I was... And probably, I'll tell you what actually spurred this, this sermon. Probably I'm, I'm waiting for spring. <laughs> Anybody else here waiting for spring? <laughs> uh, I, I thought about that aspect of it. You know, we, how many things in life do we wait for? We wait for certain ages. We wait for certain events to happen. And, and then I, I thought of this verse here in James. I thought about patience. And I, I looked at verse 4. But I let, let patience have her perfect work. What is that work that, that, that God desires to accomplish in my life by making me wait? Or making me to uh, express patience? Read it in the NIV, it says, Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Does that put a different dimension on it, perhaps? You know, we read that verse there in the King James, and we, you know, many times we read it, and it, it hit me differently than it, than it did before. So that patience may have its perfect work. Uh, Perseverance, maturity, complete, lacking nothing. Patience is used in its different word forms throughout the scripture 48 times. 45 
in the New Testament, and only three times in the Old Testament, actually. Uh, I don't know if that tells something about the speed of life. <laughs> was the Old Testament a slower pace of life? Have we gotten, maybe we need to read it, maybe if there was another addition to the translation, we needed it 45 times. Uh, we needed it more than the Old Testament saints, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, Webster, as we think about patience, we all know what it is, but it says it's a quality, the capacity, the act of being patient, uh, bearing pain or trial without complaining, calmness or submission. And as I thought about that patience, that expression, you know, it's something we so much appreciate in other people, but do we exhibit it? Are we as, as willing to, to divvy it out and to express it in relation to other people? We should be. As Christians, I believe God, it's a fruit of the Spirit. We ought to be bearers of that fruit. We ought to be exhibiting that fruit as we relate to one another and as we relate to things in life. We ought to be patient people. How am I doing personally this morning? Am I uh, exhibiting, am I portraying the virtue of patience? I'd like to just look at that verse a little closer, James chapter 1 verse 4 it says let let patience have her perfect work and that's probably where we get in trouble right from the start we don't want to let it happen we we think we've got too many things to do we think we've got too many places to go and you know time is at a premium and so we got to make it happen we got to make it happen now and we don't like waiting but james here says let it happen <laughs> let patience be a part of your uh character building experience uh, to permit to allow to make or cause don't resist it okay let it happen let it have its way where is my focus is my focus on that 45 minutes 60 minutes sitting at the red light or is my focus beyond that in the whole total picture and dimension of life now or long term you know, a person that has always had things his or her way and at their time isn't always the easiest type of person to work with, okay? From birth, our carnal nature doesn't like to wait. It's part of our carnality. And it's a work in progress that spans a lifetime, the development of patience and its impact. That's what I believe James is talking about. It says, let patience have her perfect work. And as the NIV said, it could, should have a maturing effect upon us as we wait. Does it, I thought about this, does it get easier to wait as we get older? Think about that a minute. Does it get easier for us to wait as we get older? I don't know, some of you look confused. <laughs> Nobody wants to say they're older, okay? <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know if it does or not. I don't know if it gets easier or not. Uh, I don't know. I'm still thinking about that one. I did think about this. Maybe we have, we have come up with different, more ways to cope with it, okay? The older we get, we've, we've learned some other tools to help us. At least I would hope. Uh, does it get easier? I don't know. But maybe we have, we have, uh, uh, learn some crutches or tools to help us to endure it. But is that helping us to, is that allowing patience? Is that letting patience have its perfect work in my life? Well, 
Crutches are all right, okay? Crutches are all right for a certain period of time. But there comes a time when, when we need to be willing to, to get rid of them. And right now my wife is looking at me, and I think she's afraid of the story I'm going to tell, but when she had her leg broken, she was passing people up walking with her crutches. We said, well, it's time she's got to get rid of them. <laughs> but, you know, so crutches are all right. But, you know, we can own, they're only meant for a certain period of time. You know, the expression we sometimes say, a watched pot never boils. You know, and I think that's the thing we need to think about as we think about patience, as we think about waiting. What are we focusing on? Are we focusing on that red light? Are we focusing on what all I have to do? Or are we focusing on what God can teach me through this experience as I wait? You know, I, I think it's important. I believe the focus part has a, a, a real, uh, a real is a real key to, at least for me, uh, in experiencing the virtue of patience. Uh, that focus, you know, naturally, if we're going to be focusing on that thing, it's it's going to get us. It probably will. It's going to frustrate us. We can focus out ahead on the future, and there's some benefit in focusing with feelings of nostalgia in the past, too. Maybe some things that happened in the past that helped us. So looking forward, looking backward, those are things that can help us, perhaps. But take your focus off, you know, what's... Now, again, if the red light changes, don't be too distracted. You'll be ready to go. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's... Uh, as we think of letting patience have its... And letting patience have her perfect work... Uh, and I didn't pick this up. I don't know if, you know, it, it, does your Bible have the word her in italicized there? Mine is. I, I don't know. I, so that means it was added by the translators. I'm wondering why they made it feminine in gender. Let patience have her perfect works. I don't know. Our, I know at home, when we were children, we used to say patience is a virtue. And we, we suited it to our liking. You know, seldom found in women, never found in men. Or seldom found in men, never found in women. Uh, I don't know. Do women are women naturally gender-wise more patient? I don't know. Again, that's going to probably vary with personality type. Uh, so I don't know why why the the translators here use the feminine gender there. Let patience have her perfect work. But again, I want to emphasize: we need to let it happen rather than resist it and and, and boil under it. We need to let it happen. Okay, that's step number one. Let it happen. It's not always easy. God didn't say it would be easy. James didn't say it would be easy, but we need to let it happen. Well, what about patience? Let patience, you know, is it a noun? Is it a verb? Is it an adverb or an adjective? Probably could be all of them, I believe, depending how it's used. But one thing, it's a, it's a virtue, and it's an experience that we as children of God, followers of God, need to be uh, bearing fruit of by and through the Holy Spirit. We need to be in possession of patience. It needs to be part of our character. James gives us some clues as to how this expression of patience will take place. Uh, notice verse 2. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Uh, he's implying here, I believe, that fall implies that there's these testings and these trials that bring about patience aren't brought on us by ourselves. Um, you know, I don't know that we necessarily need to go looking for things that will 
enhance patience in us. Because if we're, if we're anticipating them, I don't know that it, it requires quite the degree of patience if it's unexpected. And I think that's what the word fall is talking about there. It's unexpected. It's not something that we have prepared for. And that's when we get tripped up many times. It's that unexpected delay. It's that unexpected uh, cutoff or whatever. And uh, it hasn't been brought on by ourselves. It's been brought on by an outside cause. And uh, I think James is, is, is pointing us to that fact that, okay, so it's beyond our control. Who really is controlling this uh, this moment that causes my, uh, my uh, uh, need to exhibit patience. Isn't it God? God is in control of everything. We sometimes would like to pin it on people who are careless. We like to pin it on people who are inconsiderate. And maybe to a certain degree we could legitimately, but... We need to be careful with that because then that's making, we're making excuse for our, uh, we're making excuse for our lack of exhibiting the virtue and, and, and the spirit of patience in behalf of that person. I like what the NIV had to say. It was another little different dimension uh, expression of it. It's, it uses the word we need to face uh, our temptations and, uh, and trials. We need to face them. Uh, you know, do we try to find ways to circumvent those uh, things that would use causes to exercise patience rather than allow them to produce the fruit of, of uh, patience in expression to a person or individual? Another thing James mentions, okay, so we, you know, he mentions the idea, the aspect of fall. And then in verse 2, he also mentions that as the aspect of joy. And again, joy is an expression. Uh, it's the opposite of being sad. You know, when we have to exhibit patience, do we do it with joy? Or do we do it with grudgingly, a grudging demeanor that people can tell we're not happy about it? Uh, you know, when the expression of joy is shown in spite of testings and trials, uh, you know, when delays happened, uh, you know, when that expression of joy comes through, I believe it leaves a testimony that points to someone greater than ourselves, greater than the experience that we are encountering right now today, uh, pointing to God, giving testimony that, okay, God is in control of all of my time, and he has caused this delay, I'm exercising patience. I'm allowing patience to have its perfect work in my life today. A third um, truth James mentions is the aspect of faith. He says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith. You know, what is faith? We were talking about that somewhat in the Sunday School lesson this morning as, as you know, the need to put faith in the words of Jesus as he shared with his followers, the disciples, in him speaking to them as being the bread of life. What is your faith in this morning? If your faith is in God, you know, that's the single biggest, best object that you could place your object in. Uh, you know, when you think of, uh, we talked about Jesus trying to change and, and, and bring people's thinking from the physical to the spiritual. And in reality, that's what faith does. 
Faith in God uh, takes our life dimension to a higher level, that of things that are eternal. We can't see those things. They're beyond our physical, tangible getting a hold of. Faith is, is, is taking our life dimension to a greater level of, of things that are beyond this life, that in, in eternity. Uh, I thought about the experiences of Job. You know, I believe faith was that link uh, that kept Job from losing his value and his sanity in all his testings and trials. His faith in God. I should just turn back to that. Those words are familiar to most uh, Job chapter 1. Uh, Job 1, verses 20 and 22. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. And then later on, when Satan came back to Job again, or to God again, and said, oh, yeah, okay, let me touch his body. And, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't man serve God for naught? And uh, God then gave Satan permission to go ahead and, okay, touch his physical body. And then Job, there in verse 10 of chapter 2, he said, what shall we receive? This was Job's wife had told him to give up, and, and, uh, and uh, she asked him whether he still retained his integrity. She said, curse God and die. And in verse 10 he said, But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. And that's an impressive testimony, I think. Uh, Job anchored firmly by his faith in God. You know, I had to think about our faith. You know, as, as James here is saying that knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. He's, he's connecting the two together. Faith, okay, we're looking beyond the tangible things of this life, so what does it matter about the delays? What does it matter about the things that uh, invoke the virtue of patience in our expressions in life? I had to ask myself this question, are there things that could replace our faith in God today? Uh, you know, I thought about technology. You know, we, we put a lot of trust in technology, and there's nothing wrong with technology in itself. You know, I'm talking about different cultures waiting on different things. Uh, you know, today we wait for computer downloads. You know, talk about waiting. Uh, you talk about speed of computers, how fast they can, they can convey that information through the air or through the wires. Uh, but, you know, as I thought about our faith, is our faith in technology... Is our faith in, we were talking about the wisdom of God and versus the wisdom of man. You know, it's, it's, it's phenomenal to me. I don't understand a lot about technology, but, you know, that man can make that work. And, uh, you know, but are we putting our trust in technology or the wisdom of man versus the wisdom of God? God is omniscient. You know, that's where my faith needs to be. And I, I'm not suggesting that anybody's putting their faith in technology here today. But, you know, technology has become a part of our life. And our, I mentioned the open road tolling. And we, we like that. We like to buzz through on Northwest Tollway. And, you know, it just, without waiting, it gets debited to our credit card. And, you know, it's painless almost. Uh, but, you know, uh, God is omniscient. He knows our needs before we do. 
No need to program it into a computer. No need to wait for downloads. No uh, danger of signal loss. God is omniscient. Our, our faith needs to be in God. Verse 6 is a, it's a continuation of that thought. James says, but let him ask God in faith, nothing wavering. We need to ask in faith, nothing wavering. I think James is pointing out a clear connection between our faith in God and our ability to express the virtue of patience. If I find patience lacking in my life and my experience, maybe we need to look at our, that faith connection, perhaps. I think James is, is making a clear, distinct connection between what I have my faith in and how the virtue of patience is portrayed in my life. Well, the fourth thing, the work of patience. What's he talking about there? Making us perfect. The NIV, I mentioned, says mature, complete, not lacking in anything. You know, that's where God really wants us to be this morning, each one of us. God wants you and I, as his followers, to be mature, perfect, and lacking in nothing. Does that sound like something you're interested in? It ought to be. Lacking in nothing. May God help us to experience that. How do you measure patience? Can you tell by the blood pressure cuff? Maybe, maybe not, always. Could be an indicator. Well, I think as we place our trust in God, our faith in God, there's some things that can help us to uh, cultivate our patience. Verse 5 mentions, he says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. In our trials, we need to pray. Okay, We face things that are going to require us to exhibit patience. We need to pray. We need to pray to God. That's where our faith is. It's not in my ability. And I think many times in my own experience, that's where I get myself in trouble. We, can, we think we can remedy the situation. Okay, we have this plan, we have this idea, and we can circumvent what is required to, uh, uh, the incident that is, a, that is requiring me to exhibit patience. I believe prayer helps us to focus on really what beyond the, the, what is right before us at the time, causing the, the incident, causing us to exhibit patience. We need to pray. What do we pray for? We pray for wisdom. How many times are we focused on our affliction and asking God to be removed when God would have us to rather learn patience through that delay, through that affliction, through that trial? True wisdom, I believe, is seeing things from God's perspective. True wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. And that's what I believe James is telling us. Okay, he says, look, God knows our beginning from the end. He allowed this delay. He allowed this to happen. We need to pray to him in faith that he would help us to understand through his wisdom our need of exercising patience, the virtue of patience. 
And you know what it says? It says he gives to all men liberally. God isn't stingy with his wisdom. It says he giveth to all men liberally. Generously, the NIV says. Another companion to, to the virtue of patience is the virtue of, of uh, contentment. Notice that. I want to back, mention that in verse 4. It says, wanting nothing. You know, discontentment is when you want something. He says, we will experience, when, when patience uh, is having its perfect work in my life, in my experience, we will then be content wanting nothing. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Discontentment and the lack of the virtue of patience in my life and my experience are closely connected together. We experience, we allow patience to have its perfect work in my life, my experience. Contentment is a fruit or a blessing of that. Well, what are some threads to what are some threats to patience? Notice verses six and eight. I believe it's unstable faith. He mentions. He says, uh, "Let him ask in faith, nothing, nothing wavering. But for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the winds and tossed. Uh, for let that man think that he shall. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Unstable faith, a threat." To my expression, living out, fleshing out the virtue of patience. Uh, verses 9 and 10 talk about, makes a comparison there between a brother, a, 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 let the brother of low degree or a person that is humble. Uh, or it says, verses 10, but the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. You know, uh, God sees things differently than we see things here, I believe. Um, I think he's saying that, okay, sometimes we tend to look around and uh, then we become discontent and we become impatient in our discontentment. And uh, you all heard the expression, you know, well, maybe your ship hasn't come in yet or maybe your ship has come in. That's an expression we talk about arriving or achieving your goals in life. And... Uh, I don't know about that expression. I, it's an expression we use. But, you know, in reality, I, I think we need to be reminded that whether we're rich, whether we're poor, you know, that's, in a sense, that's immaterial. Uh, our focus needs to be beyond, needs to be beyond. Uh, in, in reality, uh, God measures and sees things differently than we do. Those possessions, uh, whether we have a lot or don't have a lot, you know, it really doesn't make that much difference in, in light of, of of the way God sees things. We need to see things from God's perspective. And he, he draws, uh, he reminds them of that. He says, for the sun, verse 11, for the sun is no sooner risen with burning heat than it's withereth. The grass and the flower thereof falleth and the grass of the fashion of it perisheth. So, so shall also the rich man fade away in all his ways. But notice verse 12, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. And uh, patience and endureth is, 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 is closely related to perseverance. And uh, when he is tried, shall receive the crown of life. That's number six. That's the ultimate result of patience, that we would endure, we would persevere uh, unto the crown of life, so that each one of us here this morning would be patient in the things that life may devy out to us. I don't know what... 
what what I'll experience down the road. I don't know what you'll experience. Uh, to what degree you'll need to express the virtue of patience. But we need that patience to keep us persevering so that we can be recipients of the crown of life which the Lord has promised to all them that love him. It's our love of God that ought to motivate us in our patience. Okay? You know, in contrast, it's our selfish nature that, that rejects and resists and boils under that, that waiting but, however, we need to exhibit patience so that we can be recipients of that crown of life. Turning a, a, just ahead in James chapter 5, uh, he talks, mentions a few other things about patience. Uh, begin reading at verse 7 of James 5. He says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord. Draw of nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy, happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen. You know, we referred to him earlier. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by earth. And I want to stop at verse 11. So, But uh, patience is a concept here in, in James chapter 5. Uh, patience. And uh, we, we want to be careful we don't confuse patience with procrastination. And I think that's what James is reminding of there in chapter 5. He says, don't allow, just because the Lord is delaying his coming, don't allow that uh, to you, for you to become procrastinators in living the way you ought to live. We need to be current with the Lord. And then he reminds them of some examples. And we can learn from examples. He mentions the prophets. In verse 10, take my brethren the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering and afflictions and of patience. All the, all the Old Testament prophets. And he mentioned Job, and we looked at him. And he also mentions Christ as well. He says, look at him who endured the cross, despising the shame for the glory that was rewarded him. Well, what example am I giving in expressing the virtue of patience this morning? In conclusion, I want to remind you to let patience have its perfect work. I was reminded of the children's chorus and song that we sometimes hear sung. We hear sing, uh, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. There really ought to be a sign upon my heart. Don't judge me yet. There's an unfinished part. But I'll be perfect just according to his plan, fashioned by the master's loving hand. Verse 2, in the mirror of his word, reflections that I see make me wonder why he never gave up on me. He loves me as I am and helps me when I pray. Remember, he's the potter, I am the clay. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun, the earth, and the Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be, and he's still working on me.